correct. Yeah, and something uh, that I can share on my part is that uh, trying to convince not only the client but all the team members that are kind of just working for a, a common a common price, right? Which is in this case the, the certification is trying to kind of just sell the the sense of every uh, part of of this uh, engine, right? To take the ownership to say, okay, yes. you you even though you are you're playing the smallest part in the, this process. You, you have to kind of just take ownership of what you're doing. And whenever this ownership is acquired for every part of that, uh, of that team, it, it smooths the process. So, uh, I think that is uh, something that I always struggle the most as well. And in, in different scenarios, not, not only in certification, but, uh, uh, in projects and, uh, and uh, yeah, you, you're totally right. The last push is, is always the, the one that you can struggle the most, but, uh, but it has to be done anyway. So it has to be. And I know there's fatigue and I totally understand that. I get that because we live that every day and it's finding again, creative ways and solutions to motivate people and to encourage it. Just get it over the finish line and stick with us like we'll get it we'll get it done and everybody is really it's so rewarding everyone's so happy when we finally get lead silver lead gold or whatever the certification goal was and then then it all feels like it was worth it and people kind of forget how much work it was right. <laughs> through Correct. the process Correct. <laughs> Short memories yeah. i guess <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I totally, totally understand that. So, yeah, jumping to three specific projects that you are, uh, well, I, I don't know if I, I got it right, but uh, you are working or you are finalizing or you are in a certain stage on, on the life of those projects. Maybe you can just, uh, yeah, expand more the talk and uh, can you talk more about those projects? I love to talk about my projects. So, yeah, I... I've had the, uh, well, we as a, as a team have had the honor of achieving gold on Canada's second lead version for building design and construction project, which was the Stony Transit uh, Compressed Natural Gas Facility, which is just a fancy way of saying it's a massive, huge bus barn in northern Calgary, and it was, it's, it has its own um, CNG plant so that's used to actually fuel these buses and the capacity for this thing is it's enormous it's like walking into an arena and it's just rows on rows on rows of of buses and it's you know it's an operational building but the way they've set it up for the staff was very welcoming and there's it's very bright and airy and it's it's really conducive to collaboration and little breakout spaces and training and socializing and access to the outdoors so that these operators, because they're sitting there, you know, between shifts and they're spending quite a lot of their time out there. They've really made it a, a creative and welcoming building for, for the drivers and the staff that work at the facility. And the fact that this, this little hidden, well, big hidden gem is sitting out there in a relatively undeveloped area in, in Northern Calgary, it's, it's really cool. Like it's really neat to see it. And, it's probably the most concrete I've ever seen poured in my life, uh, but it was a very, very high performing building. It's very energy efficient, very water efficient. And they did a lot of work to ensure that the surrounding habitat and wetlands were protected. There's an extensive wetland and riparian area that's a, a sensitive site. And so 
that is also incorporated not only into the interior green building tour program, but also the landscaping and that component and those criteria also included in if if you're a visitor or a a staff member you can take this little tour and do a self-guided walking tour of the building and and the surrounding area so it's quite it's quite pretty well yeah Yeah. um just quickly to touch on on broadway that is a a two-tower residential mixed-use um development on broadway in san diego so it's our one california project which is Awesome, and I really miss going down there. And the so the developer, you know, interestingly enough, this this team has never um, built a, a, a lead building. So for this small team from Calgary to come down to California and tell them, hey, this is where we're, this is the program, and walk them through it and support them and orient them through the process. It's been. It's been really exciting, and we were using the U.S. Uh, lead program, uh, an older version of it, for Broadway Block. It's now called Diega, actually, um, is the formal name of the building. And we also have to adhere to the uh, California Green or Cal Green program for the development rebate funds. So there's a lot of commitment and uh, attention to achieving the green building performance requirements and thresholds that are set out by Cal Green and by LEED. And it'll just be an amazingly beautiful place to live for those lucky people in San Diego. And then we've got Mervish Village in Toronto. So the, the neighborhood is on the cusp of the Little Italy, Little Korea area. So it's Bloor, Bathurst, Markham and Lennox. And I know that's a bit esoteric in terms of street names, but everybody's heard of Bloor. It's a major street in, in Toronto. And Mervish Market, uh, it was the, the Mervish family. So Ed, Honest Ed had a building there where Torontonians, new people to the city, a lot of, uh, you know, immigrants to Canada, people who are making their way up, um, they, they would shop at, at, at uh, Honest Ed's. And it was an iconic place for people to buy a thanksgiving turkey or a leather jacket or you know toothpaste or socks and and every and being on the street level there we've we've really had a lot of cool conversations with people who grew up there who saw honest eds who shopped at honest eds and and they're really really happy to see that the spirit of honest eds is kept in you know, it's a, it's a big development. We've got five towers of, of affordable housing on top of commercial, retail, and dining podiums with historic buildings incorporated into that fabric. But Honest Ed's Alley remains as this beautiful pedestrian landscape that is a vehicle-free zone. It's for cars. It's for walking. It's for pets. There's little little rest areas where you can take your dog. There's bike parking facilities. There's, you know, street-level green space. There's a daycare there's micro retail and there's a an open-air marketplace in honor of, of the Mervish family called Mervish Market and and it's surrounded by these these big modern towers that offer affordable housing op- opportunities over 900 units of affordable housing so it's the biggest project and probably one of the most unique and amazing projects that we've ever worked on I'm super super happy and proud to be part of that team no, actually, for the way how you uh, are sharing your experience on these projects, I can say that you're 
first of all, you are pretty passionate about, about your project, which is good. I always just glad to kind of just be with uh, people that enjoy the, their works and, uh, and what they're doing for the community. So, uh, just, uh, jumping back to California. So how, how come that you are, uh, working for the States as well? So is, is easy for you trying to kind of just, uh, merge uh, the two uh, countries? In terms of this uh, certification, I understand that uh, while well, all the principles and whatnot is coming from the United States, right? But and we have different chapters here in Canada. But how that has been worked uh, for you so far? It's been really easy. the The great thing about the LEAD program is that the, it was born and bred out of California in response to rolling blackouts and brownouts and energy efficiency concerns. So. There's over 112, I believe, countries who've adopted LEED. So there's the Canada Green Building Council, there's the Italian Green Building Council, Brazilian Green Building Council, and it's all centered around that that mecca of, of the U.S. Green Building Council. And we've our our rating our adoption of a rating system is is country specific, but like you said, the fundamentals of the lead credit strategies and the prerequisite strategies are very recognizable and consistent from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So it's it's quite easy to adopt uh, the U.S. lead rating system. We just have to translate imperial and metric units, and we have different terminology and different vernacular. There's there's different engineering terms and different architectural terms, and there's some things that are used here. They, they like to say cut sheets and we like to say, you know, product drawings or shop drawings, but it's, it's the same language. We're just using different terms. So right. yeah, it's pretty easy to, to adopt one system okay. No, okay. over another. So, yeah. so in terms of the actual sustainability movement, so what you can say about, well, I was uh, meant to, talk about province to province but now that you're uh, mentioning projects in, in the states as well mm-hmm. so how do you feel how the market is right now mm. if that makes sense well yeah no it does totally yeah market transformation is is a huge theme in lead and we've noticed that in in certain areas of canada and in of the world there's there's greater adoption typically based on a demographic of either market drivers or government drivers or you know jurisdictional policies so in in Canada we find that you know there's a there's a real epicenter of green building in Toronto just from the sheer bulk and the nature of of the design and the construction industry there's there's just so much going on and in Vancouver there's a very heightened awareness and conscientious effort to adopt green strategy. So buildings naturally follow that. That's more of, you know, if you want to think of it as a more liberal mindset, but in Alberta, we actually are the second highest province for green building certifications under the LEED program um, per capita and one of the highest in North America based on square footage. So I think we've been the beneficiary of really strong municipal policies like the city of Calgary's sustainable building policy and the Alberta infrastructure 
lead mandate for for new facilities like our schools and because of that our our industry has really responded but i also see that there are still gaps um i would say manitoba and saskatchewan we still have little tiny pockets of adoption and usually only when it's mandated or, or obligated um by the municipal jurisdiction or the authority having jurisdiction and not necessarily provincially driven. And I really can't speak to what's happening out east, although there are really interesting little projects coming out of out of the east coast and some of them are early adopters for some of the new programs uh, especially for climate resiliency and durability just because their climate really ransacks their buildings they, they take a lot of abuse over the life cycle what we can tell right now basically is that uh, these types of lead certification requirements is mostly driven by public requirements right what about uh, private have you can you talk about more about uh, the private sector how that's working so far yes i think the private sector has a vested interest in sustainability for the same reasons there's there's reputational awareness there's brand awareness there's marketing but there's also that accountability towards intelligent building and saving money and saving utilities and having an operationally sound high performing building throughout the life cycle so they're not spending operating dollars on on life cycle maintenance so sustainability resounds really well with innovative and progressive private companies if i can throw out a couple names i mean you can audit this or i mean edit this but whirlpool uh, TELUS, you know, those are a, a couple of our clients that really have committed and and put themselves in the front of, of the green building movement. There's surprisingly also some firms you wouldn't consider like Walmart. Walmart's not, we haven't worked on any Walmarts, but they are known for their green roofs and their energy efficiency and cogeneration and surprisingly, they're actually quite, you know, by square footage basis, they're they're one of the bigger leaders in, in sustainable building. Not necessarily lead, but mm-hmm. when you have that much floor space, you want to make sure that you're you're building efficiently. Correct. How do you like it so far? Thank you for being with us. If you want to know about the following part, just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you won't hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also. If you like what you get from this audio, I will recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.